The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of The Good Place, Seasons 3 and 4, where we're going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this just-concluded TV show. And joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Mike Denz. Hi, Mike. Hi, good to be here. Folks, if you are new to the podcast, please remember to subscribe to the show uh, in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app or at the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should make sure you hit the bell to get notifications. This show, we cover lots of ground. We talk about lots of TV shows and movies, both old and new, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. And check out our archives and see if there's some things that you uh, might enjoy there as well. So we're talking about The Good Place, and this isn't the first time. No, 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 no. Check out our archives because there are things you will enjoy there as well. (laughs) Of course, of course, yes. Salesmanship 101, Dom. (laughs) They're they're objectively enjoyable. I I, I am still learning at the feet of the master. Uh, So uh, two things you will enjoy, if you have not already heard them, are the uh, two episodes we've done previously on The Good Place uh, on season one and then season two. I'll give the disclaimer here. We are spoiling everything in this series as in yeah. this discussion. And and that that's important to know, because yes. if you're not familiar with The Good Place, a non-spoiler version of it is it's a sitcom that is set in the afterlife. And the less you know about it going in, the better. Yes. So if if it is it is a very clever, very well done, very charming series, not perfect. You know, like anything, it's got and it's got some more modern sensibilities in it that it could have done without. But (laughs) it's very clever, very well done, very sweet. And you should watch it if that sounds remotely interesting to you. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it now and then come back because we're going to have to spoil things. Right now, I have to say that we we did an episode, the episode 12 of uh, movies and series of movies and TV shows where we talked about season one but not including the season finale. You yeah. could listen to that without, we tried to do that without spoiling too much of the, of what, what goes on in the show. But uh, if you, if you have not watched the show at all, I just go, go watch it and then come watch yeah. the first it's, season. At least these are, it's just 13, 22 minute episodes. So it's not going to take you long. Exactly. All right. So let's, let's get into what we've got here. So the, Here's a, a quick recap of the series, and, the, and it's, this is we're now in spoiler territory. Uh, in the first season, you have the we should a- have a sound effect for that, <laughs> you know, like no. some klaxon or something. You're going into spoiler territory now. Actually, I, I know podcasts that do that, but uh, mm-hmm. I may I may insert one here. So uh, now I've created this obligation for myself. The, the, the to do sound that. of a spoiled child or child or <laughs> yeah. spoiled. Spoiled fruit or something. I don't know. I want it now. Yeah, yeah. Because spoiled food doesn't make a sound. So that's yeah. Actually, in some circumstances, we don't want to go into that. (laughs) Yes. So the good place. In the first season, we we meet our soul squad, as they'll come to be known. We have uh, the amoral loner Eleanor. We have the small time, uh, lovable but dumb criminal Jason. We have uh, the uh, 
self-aggrandizing, thinks very self-centered to Hani, but uh, but also very sweet. We have uh, the obsessive, the uh, indecisive cheaty, indecisive cheaty. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and they all uh, show up in the good place. Uh, so they think uh, after after death. But Eleanor and Jason both believe they're there incorrectly, which is probably true given their <laughs> their lives. And so Eleanor is, had been assigned Cheedy as her soulmate, and he's a moral philosopher, and he wants to teach them ethics so they can earn their presence in the afterlife. You can see the problems already where this began. Meanwhile, Tahani is Jason's supposed soulmate, and she attempts to help Michael, who is their but they believe this kindly does architect of the neighborhood, the, the afterlife is for is uh, in neighborhoods. <laughs> You'll end up in a neighborhood of people. Uh, so, so you end up in a neighborhood of people who like the same stuff as you. So yeah. it's sort of custom tailored to your preferences. Exactly. So they think. And uh, so they, she's helping Michael deal with the chaos that Eleanor and Jason are causing. And eventually they find out that they're actually in an experimental bad place. Hell that was chosen and created by Michael to torture them emotionally and psychologically for eternity by thinking that they're in a good place and, and things aren't good. Um, and and their own individual foibles are what will cause them to torture each other. So Michael yes. clearly is a fan of Jean-Paul Sartre because this is the premise of his play No Exit. <laughs> That's right, right. Hell is other people. Uh, then in the second season... Uh, Michael has to, because they figured out the gimmick, Michael, who's trying to prove, you know, to uh, the other demons that his idea will work, has to keep resetting the the good place and erasing their memories, trying to get them to psychologically torture each other. But they keep figuring it out every time. And eventually they get persu persuade him to get onto their side and they try to help, you know, get into the good place for real together. And then Michael has to take their case to this eternal judge named Jen. After uh, hydrogen, because that's when she came into existence, when hydrogen did. <laughs> right. And uh, she's not God, but she's some the judge that judges between the two, uh, good place and bad place. And she rules that they can go back to Earth uh, in their lives with no memory of the afterlife in order to attempt to prove that they have developed morally in their time in the good place being tortured or in the bad place that's really that they thought was a good place being tortured by each other so that's where we come to the third season okay so the third season is primarily set on earth yes and it um i remember by the way you mentioned they they eventually become called the soul squad they have a remarkable number of names they're also at one point team cockroach <laughs> yeah. and uh, the brainy bunch yep and actually, they're forming the Brainy Bunch when we meet them at the beginning of the third season, because they've had all of their memories wiped. And so they're just continuing on with their lives. But they and they start out, you know, trying to be good. It's like they did learn in the afterlife. Right. They incorporated good habits and stuff, even though they don't remember it. And, but then under the pressure of modern life over six months or a year or so, they fall back into their old ways. And Michael, who is watching over them, because he, he's now, even though he's a demon, he's he's now on their side. He wants right. them to succeed. And so he 
um, takes Janet, who we haven't mentioned yet. Yes. Janet is basically a personified Alexa. She knows everything <laughs> and can magically create stuff in the afterlife. So she's like the ultimate personal assistant. Not a girl, as she says. <laughs> it's you know, not, a hu- not, not a human. She's, right. she's a device. Um, but uh, Michael and Janet then try to steer the four humans back together because they realized that what helped them improve in the afterlife was their interactions together, especially Chidi as a moral philosopher helping the others. And so they they get Eleanor back together with Chidi and they get the others involved too. And they end up forming a study group in in Australia. Chidi's, Chidi's yeah. adopted country, Australia. He's from it's Africa. An, it's an experimental kind of like their their test subject, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. They're they've all had near death experiences because their life was the same up to the moment they died, and then Michael saved them. Right. And so that that's where their new life picks up with the mem- with the suppressed memories of the afterlife, and so they they go to one of Chidi's colleagues at his university, who's a a neurobiologist named Simone. And because they've all had these near-death experiences and it had an effect on their moral character, so it seems, they're going to do a a neurological study of how near-death experiences affect your moral character. And that's how they, and that's how they became the Brainy Bunch. Right. Um, the uh, this is actually interesting because, as I talk about in an episode of Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World on near death experiences, people often report becoming more compassionate and more ethical after having near death experiences. Right. It, that's the interesting thing is, is how this, this is true. You know, I want to go back to something you mentioned uh, is how they revert. They start their their re- return to life on Earth. Being more moral, you know, reje- sort of rejecting the ways that they were before, especially Eleanor and Jason, who because they had the most immoral lives beforehand. And it's almost like they, they fall back into into the ways. And it's almost like this is the life without grace, without that mm-hmm. grace to continue. And then when Michael returns to Earth to nudge, they get this supernatural help, which is kind of like the work of grace to nudge mm-hmm. us back on the path. So I thought that was a kind of interesting that the, the writers sort of, they kind of, I don't know if, I don't think it was intentional given how the, how else they imagine things, but they kind of stumble on this natural idea of the work of grace. And I don't know that it's out of, I don't know if they consciously realized it or not. Um, I'm pretty sure they realized that Michael's name means who is like God. Right. And Michael is an angel um, in the Bible. And uh, Michael now on the show is even though he's a reformed demon, he's now serving as their guardian angel. I was I'm so happy that I'm in tune with with Jimmy is exactly what I was thinking. My name being Michael. And (laughs) now he's appearing to them in different. He's a librarian. He's these different. A bartender. Ted Danson is a bartender. Yeah, they appear in their lives. Um, as, in, in a human form, you know, that he always, but, you know, he looks like a regular human being and is just giving them the right nudges and the right advice and stuff to push them in the right direction because he's trying to get them all to be together, um, un- until, until they're discovered. 
Yeah. Yes. And 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 until also because this is a comedy, Michael is a comedic character. And so when he's appearing in human form to give them these nudges, he always chooses these ridiculous personas with ridiculous <laughs> names like, hi, Jason, I'm the I know you're a, a hip hop dancer. I'm the producer, Zach Pizzazz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. You know, one of the things I love about this show, and I think you've mentioned this before, Jimmy, too, is that the the writers and producers have no compunction about blowing up the entire premise halfway through the season, just tearing everything down. Yeah, just tearing everything down without notice, not dragging things out, uh, like dragging out a premise because it's funny, but just like, hey, we had the funny gag, we did the couple of funny episodes, and now we're changing everything up again, and it keeps it fresh. And, And they do this each season. Um, in the first season, Eleanor wakes up in the afterlife and they could have had her keep it a secret that she's, she realizes very quickly she is not, she does not belong there. Yeah. And they could have drugged that along for a whole season of her keeping that secret and finally telling somebody at the end. But no, bam, she tells Chidi immediately. Yeah. And then in the second season, they've realized that they're in hell, so they're being rebooted repeatedly. They could have stretched out those reboots over a whole season. But no, two episodes and we're done with the repeats. Right. Um, And then in this season, it's okay. Now they're restarting their lives on Earth without memories of the afterlife. They could have stretched that out all season. No, bang. They, they, they suss out Michael and Janet really fast within a few episodes. And the... And the course of the plot changes again. Now, remind me, because it has been a while. So I didn't rewatch all the episodes uh, for the podcast. But what uh, was the third season The when she went all the way over to where Chidi was? And yes. Yes. Him? Okay, yeah. so that's the beginning of the third season. That's, yeah, and yeah. that quickly materialized into, you know, a lot of different things. Because they, they showed that at the end of the second season. Like, right. she went and met him. Then you're waiting to find out how that would all turn out. Yeah. Um, which nothing like you imagined it would. <laughs> That's right, and it, it's funny because yeah, very quickly by the like through the by the fourth episode, they've moved on to, to like they're they're in this this uh, brain study group, and they're moving quickly through things. By the fifth episode, Michael and Janet have revealed what's going on to them. Can you know confess? Yeah. what what the real situation is? Because they, ca- they, they caught him in a portal. They they had a yeah. portal open to the afterlife, and all of them you know, knew something was going on. And they all recognized Michael as the bartender and the, and the, the uh, librarian. The librarian and, and, and wait a minute. The, the, <laughs> you're yeah. Zach Pizzazz, the producer. <laughs> yeah. You're Sam Malone from Cheers. Wait a minute. Yeah, no, they didn't do that. But yeah. He was a bartender, so. Yes. Yeah. And there are various plot complications with all of this. When they form the brain study group, a demon from the bad place infiltrates it who's determined to split up this group so the humans can't can't help each other improve yeah so he's the most obnoxious he's incredibly friendly but he's the most obnoxious smothering people with kindness person (laughs) that is really driving them away from each other just to avoid him yes and and that causes problems because he's not supposed to be there and janet and michael get in trouble with the judge as does the demon uh, Trevor, I think is his name. Yep. And uh, and so Michael and Michael has decided that he needs to sneak into the judge's chamber to reset the experiment again. And it's as he and Janet are opening a portal to go there that the humans discover him and realize 
this is not what it looks like. And so at that point, Michael and Janet come clean. They explain how the afterlife works and they explain that everybody was damned initially and they've been trying to help them. But now there's a new problem because now since they know about the afterlife, they are incentivized by knowledge of their damnation to try to be good. And that ruins their motive to be good. So because that's polluted now, they're, they can't earn good points. At least that's the theory. Right. And so now they're all guaranteed to be damned. And they dis- they decide, despite that, to go ahead. And this is where they shift from being the brainy bunch to, to uh, the soul squad, I guess. Uh, they decide they're going to help people anyway. We may be damned, but we can help other people improve and they can get into the good place. And that's the, the the next shift in the show is this is a several episodes where they do this. Yeah, I, I was surprised they did not pick up on what I would have been inclined to do at that point, uh, which is say, OK, now they are earning good points because they think they're damned and they're doing good in spite of that. Right. So they they should be earning good points through that, even if they don't realize it. And they did, never picked up on that. And it's, uh, but we do get a series of them going around like to their relatives and loved ones trying to help them get into the good place. And to me, this is the weakest part of yeah. this season. I really enjoyed the third season. I think the third season may even be my favorite because of all the wild stuff that happens in it. But I, I found the sequence of going around and helping the relatives and friends get into heaven was the weakest part of the season for me. Right. We see we get to see Eleanor meet her mother, who turned out not to be the bad person that Eleanor remembered her to be. She's not now a as better bad. Per- not as bad. Right. Um, Tahani reconciles with her sister, Camilla, um, which they re- when they realize that Camilla is also trying to compensate for how cruel their parents were to pit them against each other. Um, Jason goes to he realizes his dad, Donkey Doug. <laughs> Is I love these names. Donkey Doug is is actually a lost cause, so he tries to save his his friend Pillboy. Uh, I, I love I love how Donkey Doug is. He he looks young enough. He apparently had Jason when he was quite young. Yeah, we've met Donkey Doug before and just not known he was Jason's dad. Right, even though he's always going, "Hey, Jason, my boy." And we always just thought that was like affectionate gang slang or something. But no, he's literally his boy. (laughs) Jason has to tell Pillboy that he, Tahani and Michael are astronaut spies. I I love Jason. (laughs) Jason just always cracked me up. Um, I have to mention, like when Jason finds out in the fourth season that that Blake Bortles is no longer on the Jacksonville Jaguars. That I just love that they put that in there because it's just because mm-hmm. uh, when I heard in real life that Blake Bortles was let go from the Jaguars, my first thought was, oh, my gosh, Jason's going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really embraces the new quarterback, though. Yes, oh, he yeah, does. He was very excited. So yes. Found out. Yeah. So uh, I, w- one part I really liked. So after they, this whole seeing their relatives, they then go to Canada to meet their blueprint for humanity that this that they 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 come up with they're coming up with this plan of uh how do we help all of help. humanity we have to find yeah. the, someone who's get who, who we know it gets into the good place and that's doug Forsett. 
And this is a really deep cut into the show's history because as soon in back way back in episode one of the first season, yeah, we saw on Michael's wall in the afterlife in his office, he has a picture of this young stoner looking guy, and and he said, and Eleanor asked, "Well, who's that?" And he says, "Oh, that's Doug Forsett. He was this kid in the 1970s who took magic mushrooms and hallucinated how the afterlife actually worked. We were all <laughs> right. blown over." And and then and thus he has the highest point score possible of all of humanity because he knows how the point system works. And what I like here is we find out, yes, Doug is he does everything that he to, to maximize his points and he's miserable because he's obsessed with the points. And I say and, I, and I'm looking at that, I'm thinking this kind of corresponds to like people who have scrupulosity, you know, yeah. that that you're, you're so obsessed with making sure I don't transgress the line if I, I i have to be obsessed about every little moral decision ethical decision i make that you end up being miserable uh he's like cheaty except he's more decisive and more selfless cheaty will obsess about what's right. the right moral answer doug forsett doesn't obsess in the same way he just lets you walk all over him Right. And and so he'll just if anybody makes any kind of request of him, no matter how much it inconveniences him, like, oh, yes, I'll do that immediately. Um, by the way, when we meet the older Doug Forsett, now that he's uh, not just a young stoner, but he's an older gentleman now, he's yeah. played by Michael McKean, the comedian from right. This Is Spinal Tap and other things like that. Yes, yes. The young Doug Forsett, the, the picture on the wall is actually Michael Shore, the the guy who created the show. That's his, I think that's his picture that they put on the wall in Michael's office. So I thought that was uh, always funny. Uh, then we have that at the end of that episode, the, the demons, meanwhile, have not been sitting idle. Sean and the other demons. I love that the head demon is called Sean. It's just like such a normal sounding name. And and, and, and the demons have this real madman vibe. Yes. It's like sinister 19... 19- early 1960s business people <laughs> vibe to them. Right, right. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some of the actors from Mad Men like show up and that would have been as some of the demons that would have been awesome. But uh, so they they've been plotting how to to get back into things here. And so Sean and some other ones, they come through a portal uh, in in this town in Canada to capture the, the humans to- and they meet up with them at the the humans have gone to the puking moose bar. <laughs> yes, because, you know, what else do you go to in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wants to capture them and abduct them back to the bad place. And so this fight breaks out. Janet, who hasn't had her powers because she's on Earth, when she touches the portal, ends up getting her powers back immediately and starts oh, forcing and it back in the afterlife. Action, action Janet. She's like super <laughs> ninja Janet. Takes care of all the demons lickety split. She's awesome. <laughs> she is great. Yeah. Uh, I got to say the actress who plays Janet because, is so great because not only does she have to be Janet, but she has to be bad Janet. She has to be disco Janet. She In one of these neutral episodes. Janet. Neutral Janet. One of these episodes, she's. Chidi, Eleanor, Jason, and Tahani in Janet's body. All like so she has to act like those people in her body. It's like in, in, in fact, that's the very next episode. That's the way they escape from the demons, is she takes them into her void, which means technically they die on Earth again. Right. And when they show up in the afterlife, because they're in Janet's void and this is a strain on her, 
she's not initially able to make them bodies like their own. And so they're all Janet. And so the actress, uh, Darcy, I forget her last name, Carden? has to yeah. play the other actors as those characters adopting their mannerisms and speech patterns. And it's yeah. really, really cool to watch. She is so it's fun good. because you get to try to figure out who she is. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. just say I'm Jason or, or, or yeah. I'm Eleanor. She acts like them and, and everyone else is trying to figure out which one are you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sometimes you can figure it out before the characters do. And, and it was really fun. And it was uh, an excellent acting job, but of course she did have several seasons to get it down. Yeah. So she, you know, got to spend time with them so that we were comfortable with them and, and knew who she was being when she was being Eleanor or being cheaty, especially with fairly strong characters. They all had, uh, their idiosyncrasies that were easy to identify after a yeah. while. When she's Jason, it's really obvious. Yeah. <laughs> kind of slow, but really happy as, Oh, dope, man. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say here, the cast of this show is so great. Everybody does such a good job. They're so funny, and yet they're so uh, authentic when you need to be authentic. There's real, you know, connections. But like Jamila Jamil, who I've never seen in anything before, she's so funny. She's so good uh, as Tahani. Um, you know, Kristen Bell obviously is. You know, she's uh, she's been doing lots of things. She's funny. William Jackson Harper is cheaty again. Another uh, someone I'd never seen before. Although I've since seen him in. Um, Jack Ryan, the Amazon series, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him do more in that uh, in a serious role. But and then Manny Jacinto, who plays Jason. And of course, Ted Danson is, uh, you know, awesome. Ted Danson has always been. Uh, yeah, I, I've been impressed with Ted Danson for a long time. Uh, he he's one of those people who you're able to forget his iconic character uh, through the other characters he plays. You're yes. not like, oh, it's Sam Malone. You know, it's it's kind of like Harrison Ford. He's actually able to play huge iconic characters and then go on and do other things. And you're not right. stuck on. He's not yeah, just the one he used to be. <laughs> yeah. Ted Danson is definitely does not come across as the same person he played on cheers. No, right. no, he's, he's not a one trick pony at all. He, he has a range to do a lot of things. You remember he was in like three men and a baby. And yeah. uh, you know, I mean the different things I remember him playing, uh, he different types of uh, characters. He's he's a very good actor. He's not like Jason Statham, who's the Jason Statham in every movie. <laughs> yeah, I was I was recently watching a commentary on the movie Seven Percent Solution, which was written by uh, Nicholas Meyer, the same guy who wrote uh, Wrath of Khan and some other mm. Star Trek things. And he wrote this Sherlock Holmes novel, which then got turned into the movie The Seven Percent Solution. And he was commenting in some of the bonus footage that um, there's a difference between an actor and a star. A star, uh, an actor, is a person who pretends to be other people, and a star is a person who pretends other people are him. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that is very true. Very true. Yeah. We all we can all think of examples of that. Yeah. By the way, Darcy Carden is the actress yeah. who plays Janet and does yes. an awesome job at it. Yes. So uh, they they go from the void to accounting. <laughs> Because if everybody has got a points total, someone is doing the points counting. And so they have to go to accounting. And I have to, I don't want to skip over the fact that Chidi and Eleanor had fallen in love in the, in the second season. Mm -hmm. And when they had their memories erased, that was forgotten. And they've spent most of this season trying to like being moved back together. And it was in this, the episode with, uh, I think it was the Janet episode where they really come to terms with 
that Chidi remembers loving Eleanor and Eleanor remembers loving being in love with him. And they have this, Eleanor has this uh, crisis when she doesn't think Chidi loves her back that threatens the void that they're in and which would destroy everything. So in, during all of the reboots in season two, she and Chidi fell in love multiple times and he could even become decisive. There's, we see footage when they're on the run at one point and they're hiding in the medium place. Yeah. And Eleanor is like about to confess that she loves Chidi and he just says, I love you, which for someone as indecisive as him is, is amazing. Right. And, and then after their memories were wiped, when they started living life on earth again in the third season, you know, they didn't remember their love for each other, but eventually Michael revealed it to Eleanor and then he gave her back her memories of right. uh, or uh, of 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 this. And so she's been redeveloping her feelings for Chidi, but Chidi's attitude even, and she confesses in the puking moose yeah. to him that she <laughs> has been that they've been in love in As the past do. and she thinks she's <laughs> in love with him now yeah and his attitude is well i'm very flattered but i don't remember any of that so i'm not the same person he's got a memory theory of identity right which yeah. some philosophers do and so i'm not the same person i don't remember that and she then has this crisis which affects janet's void and he kisses her and that reaffirms her enough that the crisis settles down. Everybody gets their own appearance back and yep. the crisis of the void is averted. Yeah. Well, just before that, I didn't want to forget that they also stuck uh, another love interest for cheating in the beginning of the season, Simone, uh, where they had a great episode where he had to keep on trying to break up with her in this simulation, uh, trying to figure out how to say the right thing so she wouldn't be <laughs> upset because he didn't yeah. want to leave her upset with him. And it was kind of like, just this montage of it's not possible to break up with somebody and have them be okay with it, no matter what he tried to do. Um, <laughs> right. So that was a funny episode, but that was, I don't, I don't know that I don't remember if Eleanor was already realizing her feelings for Chidi when he was with Simone and that was a problem for her. Or if it came later, uh, I don't remember. Do you remember how that sequence went? I remember Eleanor ended. I don't I don't know that Eleanor I don't think Eleanor had. In fact, I'm pretty sure she didn't have her memories back yet, because the reason she had to break up with her or part of it is now that they know about the afterlife and that they're all damned, they're going to travel the world to help other people. And they didn't want to ruin it for her by telling her. So they couldn't tell her what was going on and then she'd be damned, too. So he had to just kind of get her out of the picture. Right. Okay. Right. Right. So when they when they, they everything stabilizes in Janet's void, they get ejected from the void and they show up in, like I mentioned, in accounting with Michael and Janet. And uh, they, they encounter like there's this one poor guy who I forget what it is. He has he's yeah. has to account for like the worst people and he's all kind of like messed up for it. Yeah, what, what it is, is um, they humans are creative enough and the world is growing ever more complex and humans are inventing new actions you know, like you couldn't right. have you adopt frozen embryos. Well, that didn't happen before the 20th century. So there are new things humans are coming up with that have to be assigned positive or negative points. And right. at one moment, uh, I forget what the two items are, but it's just someone who's just done this and this. 
and surprisingly, and we've now got to figure out a point f- score for it. And surprisingly, it's not a weird sex thing. And then, <laughs> right. and then they get a little more information. Oh, wait, it is a weird sex thing. Oh, and there's this one guy who has to assign points to all the weird sex things. <laughs> and he is right. so frustrated by it. <laughs> right. He's just so messed up by all the, like, the, the weird stuff people do. Right, right, right. And that actually comes out because they find out that it's not that the demons were messing with the good place. They found out that no one in 521 years has gone into the good place. Something is wrong. Yeah. It's, and Michael system- had thought that was because the demons yeah. were somehow fixing the point system and depriving people of points that were rightfully theirs. Right. But it turns out, no, the world has just become so complex. You can't earn points the way you could 500 years ago. Right. The modern the complexity of modern life in- introduced unintended consequences to all actions and decisions, which is interesting. It's up. It's kind of a from a from a moral standpoint, it's kind of a chronological snobbery, isn't it? Thinking that, oh, well, us moderns are so complex. Yeah. And in the ancient world, it, it was it was really complex, too. And there <laughs> yeah. were unintended consequences then. And frankly, people were not as moral back then. Actually, we've improved morally, despite what people may think. Yeah. Um, and so this is a point where I can go with it for the sake of comedy, but I don't buy it in terms of real life. Right, right. So they, in order to figure out how to fix this, they, uh, for, well, what they did was they got the book of Doug's out of the, in the, in accounting, it has the, uh, the listing for everyone named Doug, including Doug Forsett. And, uh, that's where they realized that the, the, the system's broken. And so they have to, um, they, they go to meet the judge at the, at the interdimensional hole of pancakes. Yeah. And the, <laughs> because Michael and Janet are still on the run and the humans aren't supposed to be here either, they need to meet in neutral territory. So they go to IHOP. The interdimensional right. hole of pancakes. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I skipped ahead like a whole episode because they do go to the good place. This, this sort of ante room in the good place. It's the, yeah, the true. Yeah, the mail the, room. The mail room. And uh, they. One of the things I noticed here is that, so they meet like the good place committee. That's the that's in, you know runs the things there, and they they are pleasant, uh, very friendly, very friendly, affirming too, and easily fooled. And uh, and yeah, kind of dumb <laughs> in some ways. And because they're rule followers, which is what got them into the good place, they're really concerned about following rules. So they agree that what uh, Michael has discovered about the point system is horrible, and it needs to be investigated, and something needs to be done about it. And we're going to do that, and we're going to be really thorough about it. So the first thing we're going to do is take four hundred years to find competent investigators we can have investigate. <laughs> right, yeah. four hundred years. Uh, that's not good enough. So they so they try to there isn't a whole lot of action in this one, except there's a relationship stuff between Chidi and Eleanor and um, Tahani is trying to reconcile that she and Jason got together with Jason and Janet were really supposed to be together. And she tried to make them feel better about it. And so everyone's sharing their feelings of love. Also, also, this is nice because they even though they're just in the mail room, they are in the good place. And this has been a goal of theirs through the whole. Well, at least series two, seasons two and three, and really right. kind of in season one, since Eleanor and Jason realized they didn't belong there. But how do we get into the good place for real? And so we finally get into at least a little part of the good place and we meet people 
um, you know, who are really nice, like the male lady, Gwendolyn. She's awesome. She's just <laughs> right. super friendly and helpful and so innocent that even though it occurs to her that they're doing something they shouldn't, she just doesn't believe it when they assure her they're not doing something they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and isn't this where they realize for sure that they're in a good place because they can't swear? Right. Although Eleanor couldn't swear in the fake good place. Yeah, well, that's right. yeah, but yeah. that's he just made it that way. But yeah, yeah. they really, for the, they really you know, can't. Yeah, they really can't swear again. They're, <laughs> yeah. say, they're saying fork and and other things that they can't. That they yeah. can't say that they the, the things they come up with to replace swear words and stuff is yes. pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, so this is when they figure out the the that can't the point system is broken. Right. And so they go talk to the judge at the at IHOP. Yeah. And I love how we get to see IHOP as if it's this weird multidimensional place. Yeah. And then they skin it for the humans so the humans won't be too freaked out by it with an actual pancake house. (laughs) And and we see like at one point there is this bizarre slug like creature on Tahani's shoulder and which they refer to as an, I think, as a need noodle. Yeah. And to keep her from being freaked out about it, they when they skin all this as a pancake house, it becomes a scarf. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I have this cute scarf now. And she goes to touch it. And they're like, no, do not touch the need noodle. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do you not remember two seconds ago? <laughs> so they uh, they 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 go to the judge and. The judge she agrees, agrees. She agrees to investigate. She's going to yeah. go down and see how complex life is on Earth for right. herself. So yes. she's willing to do what the good place committee people were going to take 400 years to even start. Right. So she goes down there and because time doesn't work linearly on Earth uh, or because time in the afterlife doesn't work linearly, it's a Jeremy Baramy. At least time is shaped. The timeline of the afterlife is shaped in such a way that it looks like the cursive English words, Jeremy, Baramy, right. including the disconnected dot over the eye. <laughs> yes. Um, she's she's back in a flash and is so exhausted by Earth. And it's like all the moral complexities and. And uh, El- Eleanor says, yeah, like there's this sandwich, there's this chicken sandwich that. That if you eat it, it means you hate gay people, but it's so delicious. And Judge Jen says, I know. <laughs> yes, that's what eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich means. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually not that complicated. So uh, so she gets it. The judge gets it and she realizes it's a problem. So she pulls Sean out of the bad place and uh, they they come up with this plan from Chidi. Chidi suggests that the experiment be repeated of, of, you know, can humans become more moral through thinking that they're in the good place, but not deserving of it. And so so they're going to do it again to prove we were not a fluke. Right. This can happen to other people. Right. So Sean, here's here's the deal. Sean will select four moderately bad humans to live in a neighborhood designed by Michael yeah. And then Com- comparable to the badness of the original four. So no serial yes. killers and no saints somewhere in the middle. Yes. Uh, so and and so Michael and the others will torture, quote unquote, the same way they did to the, the original, the soul squad, the original four. And 
that and then see what it's like after a year, whether they've earned enough points to get into heaven. Uh, sorry, the good place. <laughs> so and they get everything all set up, ready to go. And then Michael has a panic attack uh, right as the first human shows up. And so Eleanor has to take over as the person running the the good, the fake good place. And I saw this coming and I thought it was so awesome because what they've achieved at this point is role reversal. Yeah. Because originally Michael was torturing Eleanor and the others who and totally manipulating them. And now Eleanor has to be the Michael uh, for the experiment. She has to be the new architect and she and the others are now manipulating the newcomers just like they were manipulated during season one. Right. And, and she's a natural. Yes. <laughs> and, and so the season finale for the first for this third season is uh, this. The first of the subjects wakes up. His name is John. He's a gossip columnist who tormented Tahani when she was alive because Tahani was yeah. Tahani was a celebrity. He ran a blog called The Gossip Toilet where he viciously raked her over the coals. Right. And and what we find we find out that Sean has chosen the of the four people who have problematic connections or associations for all of the four people from the original group. That's to make it difficult for them. He couldn't send them the worst people in humanity, but he could send them the worst people for these four. Yeah. So so John is there to mess up the experiment for Tahani. And then lo and behold, in comes Simone. (laughs) Yes. To mess up the experiment for Chidi because he still has this awkward relationship with her. Because they right. were dating, but then he broke up with her, and now she's here in the afterlife, and he's got to save her soul, and he's he's so indecisive. He's he knows he's going to freak out at some point and be unable to handle the pressure of that, and so in order to avoid ruining the experiment on which the fate of humanity hangs, so no pressure, right? Um, he volunteers. To have his memories wiped again so he won't freak out about Simone being one of the test subjects. Right. Even though this means he now is not going to remember his newfound love for Eleanor. Right. And Eleanor is she accepts this. I mean, this is part of the growth of Eleanor through this series. And then the uh, the fourth one, he doesn't really have a direct connection. He's like bad for all of them (laughs) is Brent, a uh, a entitled, privileged, wealthy, racist chauvinist uh, who's just obnoxious. Do we actually meet Brent at the end of the? Because we're right at the end of the third season. No, I think Brent comes in in the, in, in the yeah. season premiere. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. meet the last two subjects of the experiment after the season opener. Howdy, folks! This is Dom Bettinelli. Even though we're talking about a show about the afterlife, we didn't want the podcast to go on for an eternity, so we're cutting it in half. We're going to interrupt our conversation here, and in the next episode, we'll pick it back up again and discuss season four and our thoughts on how the series ended and what we think about the show in general. We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of movies and TV shows, including Christopher H., Lynn L., Richard L., Kevin B., and Nathan V. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And you can let us know what you think of our discussion of The Good Place Season 3 so far by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets 
or the StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Until next time, Mike Dens, thank you for joining me in sharing The Secrets of the Good Place, Seasons 3 and 4. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on StarQuest. And be sure to tune in for next time when we discuss Season 4.